This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 273 of the, of the Dressage Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Benefab, Easy Signs Online, and TotalSaddleFit.com. Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show with our very helpful producer, Glenn. <laughs> Hi, you guys Glenn. wouldn't be doing a show tonight if it wasn't for me. You I don't know. I think this, so. is way, you know, this is reminding me of way back in our days when we just started <laughs> doing this show and we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> I, well, I, I feel like that's today. Well, you know, we have to forgive Philip, though. Didn't you? Did you fly or drive home? You were at Reese's house yes. till this morning, and then you drove home from there and just got in five minutes before we started the show. <laughs> that's yeah. a long drive. And I kept Philip busy. It's, yeah. it's been it's yeah, been crazy. and then it's like, hey, Reese, I'm coming down to hang out with you, and maybe we could just do some fun things and ride some horses. And then and then I get there, and then she's like, oh my god, my life is blowing up, and like. You have to ride all these horses, and and can you help me teach? And, and I'm like, okay, sure. So we just he was yeah. awesome. We had a big crazy. time. Yeah, we I was had a lot of fun, but it just yeah. was not like one of those. And I and I didn't think <laughs> that it would be, but it wasn't one of these relaxing kind of hang out with Reese kind of things, which <laughs> never is if you go to Kentucky. Yeah, and then it was just like go go go. And then I got in the car this morning at, at like six thirty, <laughs> and I just got home just now and. Oh my god! And, and we got to do a we got to do a radio show. And <laughs> we should like, have planned this help. better. We should have done this while you were here, Philip. That would have been great. But uh, we were we did do a show, didn't we, Glenn? Yeah, we yes, did do a radio. Thank you very much, guys. They called in on the sixth anniversary show last night and hung out for a little while. That was a lot of fun. We had 30 callers last night by the time we were done. A lot of guests uh, or a lot of uh, listeners called in for the anniversary show. It's our sixth anniversary. And we're going to put that out on the dressage feed over the weekend, too. So... So, uh, dressage listeners, if you if you're on the app or or you're listening through iTunes, you'll get that anniversary show will come in and you can take a listen to it. Uh, Helena B and I hosted it uh, over 3,500 episodes, 5,000 guests we've interviewed. So it's it's uh, it's been a ride, that's for sure, and we've had a lot of fun doing it. And thanks to you guys for being there for the last couple of years and making the dressage shows so successful. Really <laughs> appreciate that. Yeah, it's well, been, it's been, it's been, a, lot been of a it's been a steep learning curve. Yes, <laughs> but it's been I think fun. Some, sometimes we're better than others for sure. Yeah, some days are better than others, and uh, today is <laughs> is not maybe one of those good days. But who knows? Sometimes I, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a tough show, and then all of a sudden it's great, and we have great guests and stuff. So um, well, they help us out a lot. Speaking of which, who do we have coming up tonight? Well, we have a really fun show tonight. Um, we have um, Cesar Torrente, who I actually had the pleasure to scribe with um, while he was here for the Young Rider Championships. And he is an international FEI judge. And uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit about himself. He's got a great story on on what he does. He's a, he's a lawyer and, and he rides and he judges all over the world. Um, he's also going to talk to us a little bit about what the judges are looking for during WEG and um, kind of the judge's perspective, which uh, Philip and I always talk about. We don't get that enough. So I hope we enjoy that. And we also have our monthly segment with Hillary Moore Hebert, who is contributing editor uh, to Dressage Today. And we always enjoy having her on the show. So we're going to have her on the show as well. So it should be a really fun time. And before we do all that, let's talk about WEG. It is, as we're recording this, is Thursday, Saturday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time are the opening ceremonies. You can watch here in the United States on uh, on uh, Universal TV, NBC's Universal Sports Station. They have 14 hours of coverage of the WEG uh, going to be coming to the United States. And you can just DVR it. Uh, it it's under 2014... Equestrian uh, world or something is how they have it listed as something dumb, but uh, <laughs> you, you'll, you'll be able to find it if you go to Universal Sports Station. We actually get it here in Florida, so I was able to set it for the DVR. I did hear reports this afternoon from some of the press that are there. I just got off the phone with one of them who said that they're getting a sneak peek at the opening ceremonies, and apparently they've spent a lot of money, and it's going to be high-tech, 
So uh, it should be interesting to hear what, what happens there and to watch it. Of course, the FEI TV, if you uh, don't get it, spend the 15 bucks because they're guaranteeing to show every ride of every discipline for the World Equestrian Games. Now, you have to sit in front of your computer to watch it unless you have it hooked up to your TV. But in any case, you'll be able to see the opening ceremonies on through FEI TV. And Glenn, how do you get there? That is more for my own personal knowledge. Uh, FEI TV. I think it's FEITV dot let me look. FEITV dot org. Or just Google FEITV. I'm okay. looking right and, now. Great. Uh, and you can and you can pay for that subscription. Yeah, it's fourteen dollars a month or fifteen dollars a month. So just you know Oh, so worth it. Yeah. Yeah, spend the that fifteen bucks and you could watch the whole thing, the whole wag. Wow. Ooh. That's yep. super cool. Now dressage comes up on Monday. It starts. Uh, we have the team and individual Grand Prix sessions one and two. Then on to Tuesday, you have the team and individual Grand Prix sessions three and four. Then it goes on to the individual Grand Prix special. Then Thursday's a rest day, and then the final day is the freestyle, individual freestyle on Friday. Uh, we are go- You guys are off your normal week off next week, so what's going to happen is we are going to have some reports live from, uh, from the WEG, and we have some reporters checking in that are going to give us some reports uh, next Thursday about the first three days of competition. And we're also going to be checking in with the para uh, riders and how they're doing because they compete at the same time. So we'll be uh, checking in on both of those for next week's show. Excellent. Well, I think we are all just looking forward to it. It's such a great opportunity. And and I have a unique perspective because it was here in our backyards uh, uh, last four years ago, which I can't believe it was four years ago. And and I had the wonderful opportunity of walking in the opening ceremonies and uh, being a part of that for um, Argentina. So it's really a wonderful, magical time and a lot of fun. And um, I'm just looking forward to to watching it and, and well, guys, for, for those that uh, don't follow the WEG really closely, and there are those out there that don't, um, wh- who's on the American and Canadian teams? Who, who do we have? Well, I guess we can start with Team USA. Um, the first rider we can bring up is Laura Graves. She's a newcomer to the team and a, and a newcomer to kind of the Grand Prix circuit altogether, but she's been placing really well in in the U.S. and then now in Europe before they've done some some competition to get them ready for the WEG, and uh, um, so that's pretty exciting for her to have a to have a newbie, and Stefan Peters, who is I think probably the most seasoned veteran of of the U.S. team. He's been on. He actually medaled in in, in WEG in um, in Kentucky there uh, last time. Um, he got a freestyle, silver. Yep. Yep. Yeah, freestyle right. bronze that's medal. Right. Pretty oh, exciting. Bronze. You're right. Yep. Yep. That's you're right. right. Yeah. Yep. So the, and. Uh, and so I think he's going to be kind of the anchor for the team. Uh, Tina Kanya, which is also kind of a veteran team rider. Um, she's been on the, on the Olympic team and, and, uh, and the And she rode team. here. Yeah, she rode here. In yeah, she rode, she rode at the last week. Yeah. yeah. And I think the same, the same horse, which is uh, really you know, cool. a little bit rare in our sport to, be, to have a horse that's been competing for quite some time at top sport and uh, continuing to do so and, and doing really well. So that's... Uh, that's exciting. And then the last rider here, also a bit of a newcomer, not as seasoned as, as, the, other, as the other two we just talked about, Adrian Lyle and her horse, Wizard, who have been competing at Grand Prix for some time. But uh, um, Also competed you know, at the Olympics. Adrian yeah, competed so. at the Olympics as well. So, so uh, yeah, so kind of an exciting team. And, and we'll see how everybody does with newcomers and veterans. And and uh, should be fun. Yeah, this and, is a good team. Yeah, and the yeah. Canadians and the Canadians. Here we go. We got uh, Megan Lane, who is uh, I think twenty twenty three years old. She's pretty young. Yeah, she's yeah. very young. Yeah, yeah she's very young. young. But she's been yeah. riding that mare. I know she rode here here for the uh, CDI uh, as a young rider because my yeah. student competed yeah. against her. She brought her, and this horse along kind of herself and and is now in the Grand Prix and has made the Canadian team. So that's a can, a great success I, story in a combination of horse and rider. Can I make and, a comment uh, on her? Sure. Um, they, on the FEI website at normandy2014.com or at the, at the WEG website, they have a bio on all the riders and they have pictures. Yeah. Hers looks like a mugshot. She looks like she's about <laughs> ready to oh. burst into tears. It's the saddest picture. She looks so unhappy. 
<laughs> we'll have to get her on and 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 see, you know. Smile next time, Megan. Smile. I don't think she's unhappy. So. I think yeah. she's pretty happy. I may have to, you know, if I ever get in that position, she does actually. I just pulled yeah, it she, up. She, she looks like a mugshot. I think it's a little bit like the DMV. Yes. 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 Exactly. It's it might be her DMV shot, one, actually. Uh, well, if I, I ever get on the if I ever get on a wagon or Olympic team, I will be like the glamour shot in the in the booth. I'll be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, I got hair, sure hair and makeup, you please. Choose your photo. Oh, I would, I would work it. I would work the system a little. Be like, I cannot have it look like that. Yeah. But she does, she does look. It's a DMV type shot for yeah, sure. Yeah, it is. She's awesome, and she's pretty. Wow. It, 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 she smiled. It would have been much better. Yeah, an adorable yeah. person, and and brought her horse along, and 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 just really what you want to see. She's actually, yeah, she was um, January first, two thousand and one. So she's pretty young. And oh, that's the horse. Whoa, sorry, that's not her. I'm I was going to say she's picture. really young. Sorry, <laughs> she's 23. The place on the that was the horse. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I was looking at. I didn't read the horse, but she's uh, world ranking 62. So she's um, you know, done quite well on a horse that she brought up herself. So very cool. Wish her luck. Next up, we got David Marcus. He was on our Olympic team and uh, and has competing has been competing this horse, Chevrolet's Capital, for for a few years, anyways, and. Uh, you know, so he's kind of been there, done that. He's a little bit of our, you know, a veteran now. Uh, next up, we got Karen Pavisic. Uh, she's actually a West Coast rider, so uh, I haven't seen her competing here in Ontario very often. I think she competes in in uh, California normally as well. I think she was in Florida this year. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of her, but she's had uh, a few Grand Prix horses and and is successful and has been in Europe for uh, for some time this summer. And our last rider is Belinda Trussell, um, kind of a veteran also on our team, has, has uh, ridden Anton in, in Europe. And and rode Anton in Lexington, too, I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 I yeah. was just about to say that, but I didn't want to, yeah. Did, yeah, she, she did. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, be wrong about this kind of thing. Uh, Belinda, she's a wonderful rider. I've seen her ride um, quite a few horses, and, and she's been around a while on our circuit here in Ontario lives in Ontario as well. So, um, you know, kind of a, a great team and, and we'll see how they do and, and uh, you know, exciting for Canada as well, you know, with these, with these great riders and, and these fun people and we wish them well. Exactly. Next week. Next week. Yeah, next week. It's crazy. Now some big news the last two days though. Tons some of news. Headline yes. news. Coming, to- coming. Totalists. Oh, I was going to cry. Some injured horses. Oh, yeah. we Mark hate German, that. Very famous Ugh. horse, Totalists. Uh, has been pulled from WIG and will not be competing. And, uh, you know, pretty sad for Matthias Raff because they've been super su- successful at Aachen this year and uh, has just kind of brought the horse back from a previous injury also. And, uh, you know, everybody was really looking forward to seeing this horse and, and unfortunately will not be competing at WEG this year and helping the Germans win a medal, I'm sure, anyways. But... Uh, yeah, it's too bad. Also, yeah. Glocks Undercover, written by Edward Gall, uh, Totalist's previous, previous rider. Everybody has seen them last year, last time at the Wagon Kentucky. Um, he was riding a different horse, Glocks Undercover. Also had to withdraw from, um, from an injury. And uh, um, fortunately, Edward had another horse that he had qualified, yeah, Glocks Voice. Um, so he will be able to still compete on the team, but not with his uh, not with his number one horse. So that's this is too bad to be hearing all this news right coming up to the show. And, you know, everybody was looking forward to seeing these horses head to head. Danielle Highcope and Ciro were were uh, on the Dutch team, and they've been forced to withdraw due to an injury. So that's uh, three big horses on on you know top teams: German, Dutch. They're always going head to head with stuff and. And uh, you know it's 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 awful, it's awful, kind of depressing. Yeah, that's not never fun. So, but we wish them all well, and and we are looking forward to to hearing all the stories, and we will get some of the riders as they come back. It's been kind of tricky. Uh, they're all been in Europe, so it's it's a little hard for us to get organized with them. But we will get them on their way back, and and get how their experiences were, and and what it was like to ride there. So, um, but we wish them all well for sure. Okay, you guys, four years you need to be on so we can come. Hey, Philip, it'll be right down the street. So yeah. you might as well, you might as well qualify, right? I mean, you're going to be right down the street. 
You can you're going to be home team advantage. Yeah. And Reese, you got four years to get it together. Come on. Um, uh, we are we are working very hard at that. We're trying to get it together. I mean, in, in different aspects, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're we're working on it. So uh, hopefully, in four Glenn, years. that's a lot of pressure. I know. A lot I of know. pressure, Glenn. <laughs> right now, we are just going to enjoy um, seeing how they do. I have to be honest. It was so wonderful to have Weg here in Kentucky, but. I need another four years. <laughs> I was certainly, I, I, yeah. Well, it's eight not going to be another four years. From Maybe another eight, oh. yeah, twelve years to recover from the experience. <laughs> it was quite, quite the experience. I uh, would love to have it again, and love to be there as a rider. But wow, to it's such a huge undertaking. Um, and I, and I know how the organizers of Normandy are feeling right now. You're so excited the horse is coming, but oh wow, it's it's a big event. So um, very, very fun though, and, and we wish them well on many levels. Right after this commercial break, we will uh, have an interview with Cesar Torrente, uh, and he will give us the judge's perspective from the World Equestrian Games. Are you tired of treating your horse for soreness? Well, then be proactive. Benefab offers you and your horse a natural remedy to joint and muscle stiffness, inflammation, and circulatory deficiencies. Benefab offers a variety of innovative products, like saddle pads and polo wraps and quarter sheets for your horse, and socks and blankets for you. Simply ride in it or wear it, and feel the difference Benefab's ceramic-infused products make. You can check them out online at BenefabProducts.com, or you can call them toll-free at 855-957-8378. Cesar, welcome to the show this evening. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here with you and with all the audience. So, Cesar, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. I started riding at the age of 12. And and in Colombia, we do almost two years of just without stirrups and without reins. After that, you're allowed to decide. Well, you have to start learning how to ride a horse for another two years. And then after that, you decide if you want to jump or if you want to do the dressage. And actually, I started as a jumper. Okay, so you started as a jumper. I started as a jumper, but unfortunately, uh, my horse had an injury. And after that injury, um, well, the vet said, you cannot jump anymore. And that was the only horse I had. And then the decision was, we're going to have to try to make him a dressage rider. So you were you were almost forced to be a dressage rider. Yes, forced by the by the problem of a horse. Yeah. Uh, but after after one year, I didn't want to go back to jumping, and all I was asking for my family was to get me a better dressage horse, and that's how I started. Super. So uh, I I started competing nationally, and I had the fortune at that times of when I was around 18 years old, uh, I got my first Grand Prix horse, and it was really exciting because at a very early age I was able to learn how to do the big movements, and I think. We all, dressage riders, look forward to that. And it's a real pleasure to learn how to do passage and how to do piaf and how to do pirouettes and how to do changes every side at such an early stage. And I think, like, as, as it happens with everything, if you learn it when you're young, sort of kind of a stays with you and you can learn it more easily when you're when you're young. So I, I have to say that I'm really, really thankful 
for for that opportunity that I had. I really I I, I really think that was great that I had that chance so early in my life. So with Absolutely. that opportunity, I started I started uh, competing in the Grand Prix level here in Colombia. Then I went to the university here in Colombia. I kept on riding. And when I finished law school here, I'm a lawyer. That's that's my that's my profession now. That's what I live from. <laughs> uh, I went to the U- to the United States actually to the University of Texas at Austin, where I earned a, a, a Master of Laws from from UT. And I thought that was going to be like a like a period of time where I could not write. But fortunately, too, I met some wonderful people in, in Austin, Texas. And after, I would say after a couple of weeks of being there, I got involved with the Austin Dressage community, which at that time, now I'm talking about uh, 1982, was was very active. So very special lady by the name of Barbara Boyd, which was the president of Central Texas Research CTD, CTDA. And uh, I got involved with horses, so I never stopped riding. And, uh, well, after that, I, I returned to Colombia, started my career as a lawyer, and that's when I had the opportunity to go to my first Pan American Games, which were the Pan American Games that were held in Indianapolis, Indiana. Excellent. Yeah. When did you? When did you change to? How did you? I know you're still an active rider. When did you start your judging career? I've been I've been judging for many many years. Actually, my first. Kind of a nice story. I think we all the writers we complain about the judges, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I used I used to complain a lot too. So I decided that I wanted to learn what the judges were looking for. So when I was nineteen years old, I had my first judges course with a very famous judge at that time by the name of Mr. Jap Pot who had judged the Olympics and many Europeans. He was like the big figure at that time. And even though I was very young, like the the Indian Federation was very impressed that a, a, a person, a guy that was so young, was interested in judging. And I kept on doing seminars here and there, but it was it was only for me. My main, main focus was to learn what the judges were looking for. I didn't want to be a judge. I to, wanted to help to learn you with the writing. What they were looking for. Yeah. Yes. And also I wanted to learn the rules. Because there was always somebody give me problems with the rules. I said, <laughs> I have to learn it. Yeah. And at that time I already knew I was going to be a lawyer. So I, I liked the rules and, and I liked it to know the rules. And I I, I wanted to know if somebody was asking me, you're not allowed to do this, I could say, well, it doesn't say I cannot, therefore I can do, I can do it and you cannot force me to do it, to do otherwise, things like that. Uh, and after that experience, I think since I was 25 years old, I started judging in Colombia, but always my main focus was sort of to help the federation and to help the shows, but not 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 to become an, an international judge. That was never on my mind uh, until four or five years ago that I decided, well, it's time. I think probably in a couple of years I will have to retire from, from riding. And I love the sport so much that this it's a wonderful opportunity for being around horses at the international level and have the possibility to watch the good horses, the good riders, the good riding, 
is what we're or we're all looking for. So I said I'm gonna have to keep a balance between my law firm and my judging, but this will keep me with 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 the horses, which is what I like the most. <laughs> I think we're all the same way. So Cesar, we asked you a little bit to talk about because uh, we're leading up into the WEG. The WEG is next week for, and we're all we never get the judges' perspective. So. What are the judges looking for with the WEG horses next week? Okay, I think this is going to be a very, very exciting competition. And even though I have heard yesterday and today through media that two very important horses have scratched, and I'm talking about Totila's and Glocks and the core. I don't know if you've heard the news. Yeah, that's yes. yeah, that's for, correct. So we we were talking about that earlier for, today. So, yeah, that's for medical reasons they they they're withdrawn. But even though we will not have those horses, I think this is a moment in time where we have a group of very 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 strong horses and very very good riders. So I think the competition is going to be very, very exciting. Obviously, we were all looking for forward to see Totilas and Balegro. You know what happened at the last uh, show where we okay. all wanted to see Inaki, mm-hmm. but what happened between Balegro and Totilas, Totilas did a magnificent job, and unfortunately, Balegro had some problems. But we were looking forward to see what would happen if Vallegro doesn't have problems. And Totila is also on his best peak possible performance. So we won't be happy to see that. We will miss that. But in any case, Germany has a very, very strong team. The Dutch, as usual, will have a very strong team. And the British coming from winning the gold at the last Olympic Games, have also a very, very important team and very, very good riding. So I think this is going to be an exciting competition. Uh, Obviously, I'm, I'm going to your question, to your exact question. What are the judges going to look for in this competition? Well, I think judges will look for the objective of Visage, as stated on the FEI rules, and with this I have to say that all the FEI judges, with no doubt in my mind, are always looking for the objectives that are written under the rules and are always looking for the scale of training. No matter what the level is, but obviously at this higher at the highest level of the world, like the web, they will be looking for all the objectives as we found in the FBI rules. Uh, and obviously, what what I have to say is that the quality of the horse, the quality of the breeding has improved so much that if you compare this web with the first web, or if you compare, let's say, the last Olympics, with the Olympics in California, in Los Angeles, where Rania Kinke won with Alerich. Uh, you, if you see the videos, you will notice that the horse that won at that time, Alerich, there's no doubt in my mind that does not move, does not have the extravagant movement that the horses nowadays have. So I think the three countries that I have mentioned have very, very good horses, very good riding. And there are also some other European countries with very good horses, some Australian horses, uh, Australian riders with good horses, and obviously the American team uh, will have and will show some impressive results. And we're also we're all looking forward to see Canada as well, with <laughs> some very good with some very good uh, horses 
obviously the competition is going to be so tough. I was reviewing the other day the the, the results from the last big international competition. And we all know that to get a 70% Grand Prix is a big deal, right? Yes. Well, in, in, in the last national competitions, if you get 70%, you're in place 25. Yeah, incredible. So, so that is incredible. So the quality uh, is getting higher and higher and higher. And I think the other important thing is that the judges are rewarding the quality. The judges are not the threat anymore of giving the, the high marks when required. To give the tenth, uh, I'd like to make a comment. Like, why do the judges give a ten? And I actually make that question to one of the big F- or five-star judges. It's like, when you cannot breathe anymore before you give the mark, that's a ten. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I like yeah, it. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's a good the, comment. That, that, that's where the tens come. I'm <laughs> uh, a year ago, Olympia, we were having a judges seminar, and Gallegro performed the first day very good. And we were attending this seminar, and the conductor of the seminar was Stephen Clark. And he had, the first day, I think, and she had gotten a, a tremendous score, a huge score. And he said, I think there is still a lot of room for improvement. Okay? So we go to the next day, and then he was saying, this was excellent, and this was excellent, and this was very good, meaning 10, 10, 9, so and we asked him, do you still think there is room for improvement? And he said, this is this was close to perfection, and that's when she got her highest score ever at Olympia, a uh, record mm-hmm. that had only had Totalus two years before. So really, we're watching nowadays horses with amazing, elastic, and powerful movements. Very nice massage, very nice piaf. Some of the piaf that we're watching today and the new test have coefficient too. Uh, so when you give 10 for the piaf and 10s for transitions, the scores come, become really, really high. And I think we'll have a very, very exciting competition. Well, it is going to be such an exciting competition next week. I think all around the world we're going to be watching and, and watching the judges. Cesar, thank you so much for your time. It's, it's been a uh, fun challenge to have you on the show. You're in Colombia and Philip is in Canada and I'm here in, the, in Kentucky. So uh, thank you very much for your time and giving us the perspective of a judge. And um, you truly were a, just, I had a wonderful day with you. You're so positive for all the riders and the horses. So um, I look forward to seeing you again in the future. Okay, my pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me, and I hope to see you soon. After this commercial break, we are going to talk with Hilary Moore-Hebert for our Dressage Today segment of the month. This week's Spotlight product from EasySignsOnline.com is their Outdoor Silhouette Cutouts. Made from a long-term outdoor durable vinyl aluminum material, these cutouts will outlast the old-style painted wood ones by many, many years. A great way to add an equestrian image to your barn, horse stalls, mailboxes, houses, or campers. Choose from dozens of equestrian or animal graphics online, available in two different sizes starting at only $59.95. And remember, free shipping on most orders over $100, all at EasySignsOnline.com. Get your silhouette cut out today. Well, tonight we have Hillary Moore Hebert, contributing editor, editor of Dressage Today on, and she is our favorite segment of the month. Hillary, how are you today? I am actually doing fantastic. I had told you guys before about that $1 horse that I'm competing. Yeah. Love it. And I took him out. I won 
this past weekend. So I'm very happy with him. He um, just turned nine, but I got it in before his birthday. So I am in a very, very good mood right now. And you did really well. I saw it on Facebook. Love Facebook for that. Yeah, going qualified for championships and everything. So I'm very excited. And World Equestrian Games and the weather is gorgeous. So there's nothing to complain about. Awesome. Congratulations. We just I love that story. Every time you tell me about him, I'm like, oh, I'm cheering you on for sure. I know Philip is too. Thank you. So Hillary, what do we got for this month? Okay, so I know a lot of people are either uh, on their sort of final vacation before the fall or they're at World Equestrian Games if they're incredibly lucky. Um, So I thought it would be fun to go to some things that are on the web this month that will make it a little bit easier for you guys to check out in case you don't have the copy of your uh, September issue with you as you're on the road. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about is this incredibly awesome article called Dressage Movements Revealed, and it is an article about how horses' physiology relates to dressage at every level, and it's Betsy Steiner riding on a horse that has a um, skeleton and muscles and tendons and ligaments painted on it, and she's doing different movements, and it is, first of all, awesome to look at because it just shows all of these different things um, that, you know, in terms of extended trot, half pass, you can start to see how the horse is working. But I thought that the point of the article was what I wanted to sort of have for our topic for the evening. It says in the article, in the journey towards a better partnership, the more we as riders understand how the horse uses his body and what effect the work we are asking of him has on his body the better we will be in sync with our mouths. So I thought that beginning with sort of this concept of understanding what the horse just looks like from the inside out was a great tip because I think you really have to understand not only how to do the movements, but how your horse is functioning as they're doing the movements. And um, I just wanted to hear your thoughts about you know, just understanding the horse's physiology and maybe some things that uh, some people find surprising as you're teaching them, as you explain certain things about the way a horse works that they are a little bit surprised about. I I, th- I just think I have to say that uh, I've seen this not in person, but the, you know, the skeleton drawn on that there's quite a few demos. You might be able to find them online as well. I think that's such an awesome, helpful tool when they do this and when you have uh, an instructor or, or a clinic or something that you go to and watch this because, I mean, it's it's just incredible how you can how you can see their their bones and their muscles, you know, how they move and how they're kind of put together. That this can create a lot of uh, light bulb moments for for people, trainers as well, and and so I think you know anytime you get an opportunity to see a demonstration of this, um, take that opportunity and do it because it's it's really awesome and and. Uh, and it can really help, and you know, especially when with the rider on, and especially when they're doing um, doing the movements, you can just see how how the horse, you know, where they might struggle, or just how the, how everything comes together. That it's just uh, an, a a really great tool and an awesome demonstration, and uh, and and really fun too. I mean, it's just different to to see different perspectives. So, um, you know, that's great. I think it's it's a good thing. Well, and I think just in general, I think we all can use that knowledge. You know, vets and chiropractors, they are constantly learning more about the horses. And I think we as riders and trainers, it's a huge part. You know, why does, why does the horse, why should you not ride your horse in Roker or too deep and too round? And, you know, I think you have to understand how the horse's body works and, it's a continual study. I mean, I, I didn't go to vet school. So, you know, to be able to read books or, or watch a horse that you can see the muscles working, I think it's invaluable. And, and I mean, I can say for myself, I don't take enough time to study that. And I think that um, we all have to continue to study that because that is truly uh, why we're doing this. And uh, personal trainers have to do it for people. Um, and I think that it's in, in, incredibly important for us to do it as riders and trainers. Just to kind of get back to your question, Hillary, and you know, like where are the light bulb moments a little bit with this thing? It's just uh, for me, it really helps to 
to kind of figure out when you've got a horse that has a strain or a sprain or is having trouble with something that you can kind of think about the anatomy and, and the way the muscles are put together a little bit and you can you can um, kind of help use that to help you figure out you know where the problem might be you know and it just gives a really good idea of like you know when we talk about connection in riding and where that connection re- relates back to the muscles and the bones and and where you know um, you know maybe you have a little bit of a lameness or a horse has a little bit of a sore back and how that comes you know from different places in the horse's body and you know um, something in the back connects a little bit to the hocks or if you have a little bit of of soreness in the hocks how it can show up a little bit in the neck so I think that's that's really cool you know because when it all works well it feels good and you have good bend and you but but you know sometimes when there's a, there's a problem you've got to try and figure it out and so you know kind of like like we said the veterinarians and and chiropractors and things can do that a lot more easily because they understand the anatomy so so well that um if we we educate ourselves and we can we can help to to figure out that those problems as well so that's that was my two cents about that yeah, and I think um, if there's one tip that I could give to everyone is at the very least auditing the USDFL program because I learned so much about uh, physiology in the A, B, and C section of that. Um, just stuff as simple as, you know, that that feeling that people were talking about for a long time that all of the reason that a horse was sort of up in front was because they were sitting behind and it was a seesaw and to get to the L program and have them say, you know, it's a lot in their chest and abdominals and the thoracic fling lifting things up, that it's not just the hind end sitting, but what's coming up underneath you um, in front is what's lifting up. It's like I had this sort of aha moment and a lot of stuff made sense to me. And, um, you know, I think that it's a lot of things like that. If you don't pay attention to it, you can kind of just listen to trainers forever until you understand the why. And then that's where it finally clicks. Hillary, what's our next topic? Okay. So on the same lines of spectating, Adrian Lyle, uh, one of our team riders, blogs for Dressage Today. And she had a really helpful tip that I think a lot of us do. But um, she said that during the week that she's training, getting ready for um the you know next show that she spends time watching videos of her rides from the show going over the comments from her tests and coming up with a plan of what she wants to improve in the future um, so that she can get back to work with purpose preparing uh, with a clear plan of what she wants to work on so that she's spending every single minute of her schooling time um, well spent and so she's saying you know at this point once you know your job, it's up to you to look at your test and say, how can I make a 7, a 7.5, a 7.5 become an 8? And it's the little things that making sure you know exactly where and how you want to prepare for each movement and figuring out where you can push for a little more and where you need to stay safe that really can make the difference. And I thought it was, um, <clears throat> you know, very worthwhile because we're kind of starting from the inside out, dissecting how the horse is moving and now pulling away a little bit and seeing how that translates to the actual success, whether it's in a test or, you know, just videotaping at home. But um, I think that that tip of looking at videotapes of your rides is really helpful. Yeah. And I, I think that it's critical. I think, you know, I sometimes hate to watch myself ride. I'm like, Oh, look, ooh, that's not I good. really hate it. Yeah. yeah Ugh, I really but, hate it. And, yeah. and dressage people in general, you know, just to make a generalization, are pretty critical and tough on themselves. Yeah. I hate you it. Know, but so there you go. You have to do it. You have to look at it. You have to sit down. Well, we do a couple things, and I find it really helpful for all my students. Right after the ride, you know, even if it's like we're all trying to get ready to go or whatever, we sit down for five minutes and we look at the test while it's fresh. And we, this is before you even look at the video, so I'm taking it even another step. And to sit down and say, okay, you know, you got a seven on that entry. Why wasn't it an eight? 
you know, and just being very critical as you go down that test on how you need to get the score, you know, how can you make those scores better? Why was that? Why was that a five? Why was it a seven, not an eight? Um, so why wasn't it a nine? So I think even stopping, we, we pay a lot of money to get to for 10 minutes in the ring. And, and I think you need to stop and say, how did my warm up work? How was my preparation? Um, it's really important to do that wrap up when it's fresh and then take it to your next lesson with your trainer and say, okay, this is what happened at the horse show. If they weren't able to be there or if they were there, like, how can we do things better? I certainly try to do that with all my students in my head. Like, did I like the warm up? Was it enough time? You know, did it work well? How we got the horse in the ring? Uh, how was the test? How was outside the ring? Um, so I think it's important not only to watch videos. I think that's critical, but even to go back and really go piece by piece on how the ride went and how you can make it better because it can always be better. So that's what we do, and I think it's it, all my students have found it really helpful. So. Yeah, I think you brought up a very good point about getting the most out of your ride. And so if it can be videotaped, that's another tool, another another thing that's, that's going to help you. And then, uh, Hillary, comparing comparing the video to how it felt and then, you know, and then right back to the score sheet and, and kind of listening to the judges piece by piece. Because I think we always get a, a great, a, a very good overall, like how is the test overall that I feel in control? And then break it down movement by movement and, and seeing how, you know, a lot of the, you know, because dressage is all about the little things, right? So um, think about it as, as a whole and then, and then piece by piece and uh, definitely, you know, bring that to your next lesson. And, but Adrian's talking about really taking a self-evaluation and, and, uh, and working on the things. And maybe it's something that your trainer has gone over with you before the show or, you know, in the, in the weeks weeks leading up to it and then and then you and then you can just say okay did i achieve what what my trainer's been talking about or am i still lacking that why am i lacking that um i didn't see in the t- you know if you got the video there i didn't see you know what the problem is or i didn't feel and then and then trying to get some clarification on maybe it's shoulder in or something like that and and you watch the video and you read the test and it's not good enough and then you got to you got to break it down and and say well why why you know really use that stuff as a learning tool and say well what is the real you know why am i not getting a good score on that movement i feel like it's good and i feel like in my lessons that it's good and then it, it just it still gets a four and a half five five and a half um it can really improve your understanding if you if you take the feedback and keep working on it and and it's really it's really tough um, to watch videos, I like Reese. Really don't like it, but um, you know you got to do it, and you got, and you got to do all these things to to really keep improving and 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 keep looking for those nines and tens in your scores because uh, you can get there, and it takes a lot of different tools to get there, and uh, you know keep your confidence up when you're watching the tests, and and uh, I think that's a great tip. So thank you, Hillary. What's next? So um, Lauren Samus is uh, doing a step beyond that, and in addition to riding um, and working with Carl Hester, because she is a very lucky person right now, she's also blogging for us, and she was talking about how if maybe you aren't showing yourself um, or you know even have a horse to ride, it's really good to either watch a show or watch people riding on the internet. Um, she was talking about how she went to Hickstead to watch some of the U.S. riders compete and that it, she said it was nice to see all the riders, including all the other countries, warming up and working through their own individual issues. And she says that she was glad to be able to attend the show as a spectator, which she rarely has time for, and see the good and bad of all the combinations. And then her tip was much can be learned from success and not so successful pairs. And I thought that that was really good because I think that we kind of become insulated in how we deal with our own force. And sometimes it's nice to just, you know, drop it and either go on to the internet and watch some videos or, um, you know, if you have some live streaming or just go to a local schooling show and kind of see how is it that people are doing it. And maybe there are some ideas that you can get from that. And I thought that that was a really neat tip. Oh, I think 
anytime you can sort of be surrounded by good riders, you're going to learn something. And and you may even see good riders have bad rides or even bad ride riders on nice horses. And I mean, I think there's so much to going to a big show. You know, we have that opportunity in Wellington, you know, just to fly down and, and see that horse show in Wellington or go to Hickstead and sit and watch and go to the warm up and really study what's going on. I think there's a tremendous amount you can learn from it. Um, and we don't, we don't take time. There's no way at a horse show at home I can do that. I'm I'm running around, I'm, I'm showing, I'm helping people. Um, but to go to a horse show and just sit down um, and watch and and absorb, you you learn a lot. So I I think she's she's right. And just looking at horses online and watching horse shows, and we have the USEF network for a good example. Um, FEI has their network, so you can sit and watch. And a lot of times there's commentary, and you can listen to it. So it's it's a good idea. Yeah, I think, you know, just bringing it back to what we were talking about watching, you know, if you just watch your own videos all the time, you have no gauge or you, you don't set the bar for, you know, how you're riding. And even if you just go to big shows, you know, maybe you're riding first level, second level, and you're, you're you know, you're immersing yourself in the Grand Prix, you know, that can be tough on the ego as well. You know, you're thinking like, oh, I'm never going to get there, but, you know, it's beautiful to watch and it's awesome. So, but I think... You know, going to the national finals and stuff like that. If you're at first level, second level, you want to be watching some second level tests and and kind of figuring it out, and and that can help you to relate back to your own video and and say, oh well, I really I really saw how it's supposed to be written or or not, and uh, this is where I'm at in my in my training, and and maybe I'm doing a really good job with it, M- maybe not, maybe this it'll help you figure it out. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. I I watch. Especially in the summer, a ton of dressage, you know, at schooling shows and at big shows and professional riders. Um, you know, I just spend all summer at horse shows and that really helps me to to get perspective. And I think if you can get perspective on your own riding through watching other people, that's that's a great tool and a, and a great tip. So that's uh, that's pretty awesome. Well, Hillary, as always, thank you so much for all your tips from tr- dressage today. How can our listeners find you online? They can check out dressagetoday.com, find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Pinterest, and be sure to follow all of the blogs, especially as we get into the World Equestrian Games and a lot of the coverage that we have on the homepage. Excellent. Well, right after this commercial break, Hillary's going to come back for our Total Saddle Fit Trainer Tip of the Week. Hi, Fiona Crawford here and I'm an official Horse Radio Network auditor. I'm a horse photographer based in the UK, and when I'm editing my images, I listen to the vast selection of great programmes provided by the Horse Radio Network. Both informative and really entertaining, I think it's worth a few dollars or pounds of anyone's money. Just go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the banner, and for as little as a dollar a month, you too could become an official Horse Radio Network auditor. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Hillary, welcome back. Thanks for staying on for our trainer tip of the week. Mm-hmm. So what's our tip? Okay, so we had talked about, um, you know, going and, you know, watching in the inside of your horse and going and watching your own rides and watching other people's at, sh- at shows, but... I also wanted to give you guys a tip that it's not from the magazine. It just is a nice summer tip. And what I want everyone to do is to make things simple. So on the days that you're not kind of picking everything apart, and I thought it was funny how we were talking about we hate watching videos of ourselves, is to just go and ride and enjoy the feeling and not have pressure. That's the big thing I've sort of had. I was talking before about having that $1 horse is, there's just no expectation. So there's no pressure. You just go out and have fun. You progress at the rate that you are needing to be progressing at. And at the end of the day, you enjoy the sport that all of us, you know, have gotten so involved in and fallen in love with. And, you know, just don't worry about anything. So that's my last tip. 
I can tell you, you know, just to add to this point for a quick moment that what I do for fun when I'm not, you know, really working hard on something is that um, I always try, uh, you know, on maybe it's a Friday, it's usually on Friday or whatever, you know, where I'm just like, you know, we've worked the horses all week, we've nitpicked on our riding, just like you were saying, you know, how can we, how can we enjoy, is that I will maybe ride a test or do some, some movements from, uh, from a level, you know, one up from, you know, what I've been working on all week, just to kind of, you know, see how it's going and just, you know, no pressure on the horse, no pressure on myself. Just, you know, if I've got a third level horse, I'm going to say today, I'm going to try, you know, uh, doing a little pirouette or something like that. Or, you know, if I've got a St. George horse, you know, I'm going to, today I'm going to try doing the, 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 uh, two time tempies because, you know, when it comes down to it, it's, it's fun to be riding dressage and, and doing some of the movements and, and, uh, you know, and working your way up and progressing. And so, you know, with no, with zero pressure, whether it's inside the arena or just kind of out on, you know, if I could take the horse out into the field or something, let's, let's work on something new and fun. And, you know, it doesn't matter how it goes, just, just enjoy dressage. So I think that's an awesome tip. And I really, I really like that Hillary was saying, you know, it's, it doesn't all have to be, you know, nose to the grindstone hard work and that we can, we can have fun with it as well. So thank you, Hillary. I yeah. like that, and although I was expecting you to say to do a test to level below, which was yeah, nice. it was too. <laughs> no, go up. I have I only have fun when I'm doing tricks. <laughs> true. true. You can that's tell true. Reese and I have some hot weather down here because I was like, "That's a great idea. Let's kick ourselves back to intro A." That sounds yeah. like an awesome thing. <laughs> it's so okay, true. Guys, I'm like, okay, I'll be, yeah. I'll We'll just go on a hack. That's what I thought. We were going to yak and hack, which is what we do here. We're like, it's yak and hack day. Let's go outside and play. Well, yeah, I'm just bringing it back to this because we're pretty much done show season. We've done what we can do at the level that we're doing. We're kind of thinking, okay, what's coming up next year? What's our winter plan? You know, what's fun things we can do for the fall? And so that's something that I like to do, you know, when the shows are done and, and the pressure comes off a little bit. So. So there you go. I'm glad we'll you brought re- that up. We'll report back in December when yeah. we're in the same place. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. I'm right now it's like a thousand degrees. So yeah. yeah. And I have fifty five shows left. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, Hillary, good luck at the shows coming up and we'll talk to you next month. Okay. And have a great night, you guys. You too. Thanks. This tip was brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. Well, that was lots of fun to have Hillary on the show as always, and I'm glad she was able to stick around for our trainer tip of the week. Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, you know, we sometimes have a little bit of trouble coming up with them. I think we've got some emails recently, so we can come up with some answers to those emails. And we just weren't as prepared this week as sometimes, <laughs> sometimes week. we are. It's been busy. But, <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I'm also very glad that she had come up with something for us. And uh, we thank her very much for adding a lot of content to our shows every month. So it's perfect. Yeah. We love it. Well, keep the the tips and and questions flowing on Facebook. We always love to have everybody on the show. So um, keep keep in touch with us. And you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. 
My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at fellowparksequestrian.com and my email is philip at horseradionetwork. And don't forget to check out all the other great shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Finally, I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a great show. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we'll talk to you next week.